welcome to today's episode of The Pig and Parlor. Today is Saturday, February 12th, 2022, and I am your host, Maximilian Pensorf, but you can call me Max. Here in this podcast, we explore a variety of things related to paganism. At this point, I would like to give a notice and reminder that paganism is a broad term that envelops many different pantheons and belief systems, and as such, this podcast will be focused on paganism as a whole and not on any specific branch of it. Each episode contains a short lesson on a stone or metal, a pagan promotion segment, a story, myth, or legend, a segment I like to call Keeping Up with the Christians, which you will hopefully find amusing as well as informative on what the Christians are up to lately, and an audience Q&A segment. Now, since we are all busy people, we'll jump straight in with a quick ritual. This ritual is intended to join the energies of the listeners in with the energies of the host and the same in reverse, as well as basic protections from the ill intentions of others. Feel free to join in at home or wherever and whenever you find yourself. I will now light a candle, and as I do so, I invite in all beings of good intent into the ritual space. Humans gods and goddesses, spirits and the fae, come and join together in good nature and to play. Come old, come young, come scarred and burned, it matters little when there's a lesson to be learned. Come in good faith and you will be safe, but come with ill intent and your mind shall get bent. Bring us together in storms and good weather, keep us from pain and from those who are sane. For the harm of none and the good of many, we call to the gods, and they are many. Blessed are we, so mote it be. This week, the medal selected for research by our designated stone researcher, Kip, from the Sorcerer's Guild on Facebook, is copper. As such, Let's get ready to learn something magical. This week's lesson uses information that comes from wikipedia.org and wikipedia.com. Copper is a soft, malleable, and ductile metal with a very high thermal and electrical conductivity. A freshly exposed surface of pure copper has a pinkish-orange color, and this metal is used for various purposes from building materials to electronics and jewelry. Copper is one of the few naturally occurring metals that exists in nature in a directly usable metallic form, which led early humans to use it in several regions around the world as early as 8000 BCE. And later, it was the first metal to be smelted, the first metal to be cast into a mold, and the first metal to be purposely alloyed with another metal. In a metaphysical sense, copper is sacred to many of the love goddesses in the Roman mythos. Additionally, it was sacred to the sun in Babylon, and as well as to the indigenous people of the Pacific Northwest where they would place seeds of the mimosa into copper rings in order to protect against all forms of negativity. Copper corresponds with the deities Shamash, Inanna, Astarte, Ishtar, Aphrodite, and Venus, as well as the crown, heart, and solar plexus chakras. This metal also corresponds with the element of water, the astrological sign of Taurus, the planet of Venus, and the tarot card of the Empress. 
Beyond this, copper placed in the kitchen is thought to attract wealth. Copper is said to aid in bringing the emotions into balance, healing work, fertility spells, prosperity spells, and spells to attract love. When used in wands, it will help to enhance and direct the energy that flows through the wands, and you can use it to enhance the magical properties of any stone by setting it in copper. One should note, however, that long-term exposure to copper can cause health problems such as irritation of the eyes, nose, and mouth, headaches, stomach aches, dizziness, vomiting, diarrhea, as well as possible liver and kidney damage and death. So don't be a dumbass and eat copper or cover yourself in it all day every day. Next, we have our Pagan Promotions section. Herein, I will highlight one person of interest, celebrity, or pagan-owned business per week. This week, we are highlighting the Occult Bookstore. It is an establishment that has been serving the pagan community since 1918, based out of Chicago, Illinois. For decades, they have made it their mission to immerse themselves in the study of practical application of metaphysical and occult practices, and as a result, it has a staff that consists entirely of skilled and experienced practitioners of the craft with experience in a wide range of occult paths. This establishment was originally only open to a select clientele of renowned spiritualists, occultists, and shamans, but with how many people have been contacting them over the years, they eventually opened their doors to everyone. Their online website at occultbookstore.com has wares ranging from tarot decks, altar items, magic spells, and even, yes, books, with some items being as cheap as $7. Go ahead and check them out. If you, or a pagan business or person you know, would like to be featured on a pagan promotion segment, send in an email to paganparlor1313 at gmail.com with any relevant information pertaining to yourself or the person or business of note. The Pagan Promotion section exists solely for building community within those of pagan beliefs, and as such, being featured is a free service and should never come at a cost. The next section is on stories, myths, and legends. In this portion of the podcast, I will retell a legend, myth, or story related to the gods, magic, or anything else that I feel to be paganism related. Today's story comes from WorldHistoryEdu.com, How Anubis Rescued Osiris. Osiris was the favorite and most highly respected god of the ancient Egyptians, often to the envy of his brother Set. Osiris was so worshipped because he blessed the people with plentiful harvests and everything that was positive was attributed to him, and so he was declared the patron god of ancient Egypt and considered as the first pharaoh. Set, on the other hand, was seen as the evil god of the desert who lived in the red-hot regions of the desert portions of the kingdom. He was feared by the people because he was always destroying things and sowing chaos. On top of this, storms and famines were attributed to the god Set. Because of this, Set became jealous and angry and so he carried out a coup within the palace and forced his brother Osiris off the throne. Set then killed his brother Osiris and cut his body into several different pieces before scattering them into the Nile. Osiris's wife became distraught at this, and she requested the help of Anubis, the jackal god, to put the body of Osiris back together. The god Anubis succeeded in his task, and then following a series of incantations uttered by Isis, Osiris was brought back to life. However, despite this, 
he remained in the underworld as Lord of the Dead, for he had passed through death and gone beyond it to enter a paradise, and as a result of this had triumphed over the realm of death, and he was risen by the sun god Ra to the position of the Lord of the Underworld. With the god Osiris now reviving and acting as the Lord of the Underworld, Anubis was now free to focus on embalming, funeral rites, and the protection of tombs and cemeteries. However, Anubis was also tasked with the guiding dead souls towards the path of Osiris. This was a great boon for the people passing into the afterlife, as before this they had to be judged by a panel of judges from the underworld. That was an Egyptian story of how Anubis rescued Osiris. There at the end, I noticed quite a bit of similarity between the death of the favored god Osiris and his resurrection, allowing souls to be guided to the afterlife instead of needing to be judged first by a panel of judges and the Christian story of salvation involving a certain favored son of a god who is at the same god dying and leading people to the afterlife rather than them all needing to be judged, but we don't have time to get into how all of Christianity's stories seem to be coming from somewhere else at the moment. Next week we'll have a story from the Greek mythos, but for now it's time to move on to the next segment. Now let's move on to the next segment, which I like to call Keeping Up with the Christians. In this segment, I take a look at what the Christians are doing lately and dissect it from a non-Christian's point of view. Part of this is a report on their goings-on, and part of it's just making fun of them, so I hope you enjoy it. This week in Keeping Up with the Christians, according to an article on foxnews.com, in the progressive country of Finland, a Christian leader is on trial for hate speech following an investigation into her social media and radio appearance history. For the crimes of stating that homosexuality is a sin and promoting bigoted teachings from the Bible, she will face up to two years in prison. This is a great move by Finland to show that Christianity does not make one exempt from common decency and that content within a text cannot be used to determine moral rightness when that text is full of falsehoods and bigotry. Now, if this wasn't news enough, a Republican representative from Texas by the name of Chip Roy sent her a letter in the spirit of Christian solidarity, offering support and prayers. Obviously, he and all the other high-profile Christians are seeing this as a point in history where they will either retain their facades of holiness and have that have protected them from the truth, or they will have to be held accountable for the damages that they have caused others and have to pay the cost of their actions. In other news, according to an article on vaticannews.va, the Pope says that the antidote for healthcare inequality is fraternity, which basically means that if we all come together in brotherhood under Jesus, we will all have healthcare equality. Now, I hate to be the bearer of bad news to old Francis, but according to a study performed by BMC Health published on https colon forward slash forward slash www.ncbi.nlm.nih.gov, to which I will post a link in the description. In Italy, wherein Rome is the capital city and within which the Vatican City presides, there is an increasing amount of socioeconomic health inequalities that are growing faster than many other countries in Europe. Now, let me know if I'm wrong, but shouldn't the seat of your power, the very country in which your entire city, and have not a lack of health inequality if Jesus was all that was needed to do away with this? 
I mean, the Vatican City is literally 100% Christians, and the entirety of Italy is roughly 80% Christian, according to the CIA World Factbook. So they have more than enough of a majority to pass any vote if they truly wanted to, and they could have just as easily eliminated the health inequality if that was what they desired. No, I suggest that what they desire is to increase socioeconomic disparities while making those suffering under those socioeconomic disparities be grateful to the church for claiming that they should be helped and that through the church is the solution. Finally, according to an article on rightwingwatch.org, the right-wing conspiracy theorist Bianca Garcia, who served as a president of Latinos for Trump, is currently running for a seat in the Texas State Senate because she claims the Christian God has called her to take her rightful place in the state capitol, and as a result of this, she claims that any Christians who don't vote for her will be held accountable by her Christian God. So basically, a vote for Bianca Garcia is a vote for a crazy Trump supporter who listens to disembodied voices. But remember that the Christian God is a slave master who wants eternal servants, so that isn't a voice anyone should listen to unless they like doing what someone else tells them to do forever, at which point I can honestly say that capitalism has you covered and you can drop the religion bit. Well, that's all we have for today for Keeping Up for the Christians. Tune in next week to find out the latest Christian drama. Now it's time for audience Q&A. This week, I did not receive any questions by email. To anyone who wants to chime in, if you want to ask questions, leave comments, suggestions, send in content suggestions, or even just send me death threats and hate mail because you're a butthurt Christian and can't stand to hear me talking smack about your religion, please feel free to send them in at paganparlor1313 at gmail.com. Well, that's all I have for today. Links to the podcast will be posted in the Sorcerer's Guild and Pagan Daily News Facebook groups thanks to gracious permissions from group admins. Also, if you haven't yet, make sure to check out the Pagan Parlor Facebook page and the Pagan Parlor Facebook group to stay up to date on current episodes and discuss their contents with other listeners as well as myself. Thank you for tuning into the Pagan Parlor. Finally, I'd like to say again that any questions, comments, suggestions, or death threats can be sent to paganparlor1313 at gmail.com. The whole of the law shall be do as thou wilt, but harm none. Blessed be, and don't forget to blow out your candles.